0: For listening to another inspiring message from the Movement Church. To find out more about the Movement Church, you can check out our website at theocmovement.com or follow us on Facebook and Instagram at the OC Movement. Good morning. We're excited that you're with us today. Uh, man, I got to tell you, I'm just so proud of our worship team. Um, they they give relentlessly. They practice week in and week out. They've written three songs, original songs, and they are bomb. Actually, they're bomb.com. So, man, I'm so proud of them. And, man, did y'all see how much Pastor Jeremy was sweating up here? It was filthy. There's like a puddle. It's nasty. Uh, but, anyways, would y'all, one more time, would y'all give them a round of applause? I love it, man. I love it. And we, this church exists, and we are able to do what we do because of amazing, an army of men and women who give tirelessly and relentlessly week in and week out. Man, if you're not a part of the dream team, you missing out. Make some changes because uh, they're just good, stinking people. Enough of that. Guys, I want to tell you a couple of things. We're stoked about this series. Uh, this is called Shake It Off. It is based loosely on a song by a young woman named Taylor Swift called Shake It Off, but it has nothing to do with her or the song, Kind of It Does, that's not really the truth. This series is about how to handle the ups and downs of every relationship. Not just marriage, but maybe with your auntie or your uncle, maybe with a son or a daughter, a husband, a wife, a boss or an employee, a coworker, a neighbor, it doesn't matter who it is. How do we handle the ups and downs of every relationship that we're in? And this isn't one of those series where we just want to make you feel good. We actually want to give some practical how-tos. What do I do now? In fact, our prayer and hope is that every time you come to a church service, the question is answered of, okay, now what? Because we could open up the Bible and just read for 40 minutes straight and then say, be blessed and go, but that wouldn't mean that you and I would know exactly what to do next. And so if we are in relationships, in fact, we actually believe that the greatest season of your life is directly tied to who you do life with. That's worth an amen right there. So if you're surrounded by people who are Christ-centered, stoked about life, giving back a part of what God is doing in their life, and excited about tomorrow, then guess what? You're going to be stoked about what God's doing in your life and excited about tomorrow. But if you're around manby-pamby, be be Eeyore, I don't know, today is so bad. Man, guess what your life is going to be like? That. Some of you are like, that's what my life is like right now. Well, man, you need to get on the dream team. We'll change that for you. Nothing. No hand clap, no nothing. Good. I like the first service better. I'm just going to throw that out there. So this series is about how do I handle and navigate through the ups and downs of our relationships. And in fact, it's been very practical. Week one, we talked about the filter through which we see life and how we communicate. We actually believe at the Movement Church that discovering how God crafted you and designed you is paramount to living a purpose-centered and filled life. In fact, today, after this service, if you would like to discover a portion of God's plan and purpose for your life, you can stop into the party room. Somebody say, pate! Nice! Falsetto! Jesus just showed up! You're welcome! It's so good. You can go to our party room right after second service, and we believe that in about 20 to 30 minutes, I know this sounds like a sales pitch, but it is, you can begin to discover God's purpose for your life. Listen, you laugh, but there are so many people who are punching in and out of life. Work, home, hobbies, done, repeat. And so many people aren't living life on purpose, and what if, I, what if in 30 minutes you could begin to change that in your life? We actually believe that's true. Check it out. If you don't believe me, just try it out. 30 minutes. You you can still get to lunch on time. Party room directly after the service. And our first service was kind of repainting the filter through which we see life. Remember we talked about a bull in a china shop, the interviewer and the turtle. If you weren't here, go back, get the podcast. It will change your life because I preached it. You're welcome. The next week, we talked about the importance of mastering the art of feedback, how to give and receive feedback. Week three, we talked about how to set and manage expectations because you know and I know that the biggest challenges in our life happen when our experience doesn't match our expectation. But so often we set unhealthy or unrealistic expectations. This whole series is about how the onus is on us. Come on, somebody. I feel comfortable in this service. It's going to be good. I'm going to preach for like 15 minutes. That's a lie. I'm just telling you right now. Last week, my shorty Mahati my with the body dropped bombs about forgiveness. Come on, give it up for my wife right now. Yeah. I had an inflatable pink flamingo about on this stage talking about not swimming in the pool of, of unforgiveness and bitterness, right? And today we're going to talk about shaking off poor behavior. What do we do in the relationships that we have if we actually need to say something about somebody who's being a knucklehead? Anybody got knuckleheads in their life? Raise your hand right now. Awesome. If you're not raising your hand, you are the knucklehead. Congratulations. How do we deal with this? What does the word say? What does the Bible say about confrontation and how to deal with poor behavior. And this isn't just for husbands and wives. This is for people who have parents. For people who have teenagers come on somebody. This is for people who have co-workers or a boss or a jacked up neighbor or maybe you is the jacked up neighbor. Yeah. How do we deal with this? And what's crazy is the scripture actually paints a very clear picture on how you and I are to confront people that we are frustrated with, hurt by, discouraged with, or just straight angry at. Can I get an amen? So today we're going to unpack what this looks like. In fact, we're going to pull from Matthew chapter 18. It's one of my favorite passages. And today, I'm going to read Eugene Peterson's paraphrase. It's called the Message Version. And what he did is he took a couple of translations, mostly the ESV, and he, he kind of rewrote it and reformed it, keeping the same essence of what the scripture's saying, but it paints a picture for you and me, ...that I think is sometimes easier to understand. Today I'm going to read from this version of the scripture... ...Eugene Peterson's passage on Matthew 18... ...because the Bible, in fact Jesus here... ...He knew we were going to struggle with some knuckleheads. Aren't you glad that God knew... ...that we were going to have some problems with people... ...and He wanted to give us a blueprint... For how to handle it, I guess none of you are. I'm stoked on it because, man, I got knuckleheads all around me sometimes. Um, let's let's uh, let's jump into this. Matthew chapter 18, verses 15 through 17, and this is how it reads: If a fellow believer hurts you. And let's just pause right there. Let's just go ahead and let's say that, that probably Jesus is talking about those that are also Christ followers but I think he also wants the same interaction for anybody regardless of their faith declaration. So can we just uh, assume it's safe to say it's safe to assume that if someone hurts you, listen to what it says, go and talk to everybody else about what they did to you, right? That's what it says right there. It says, go and find another parent who has a child in that same class and talk to her about why you don't like that teacher, right? That's what it says right here. It says, hey, when your boss doesn't match up to your expectation, go and find a coworker and gripe and complain about all that's what that says. Can y'all read that on the screen? Is that not what you're, it's saying something different, isn't it? It says, if a fellow believer hurts you, go and tell him. And we can also put a little slash and put her right there. If someone hurts you, go and tell him or her. Look at this. Work it out between the two of you. If he or she listens, you've made a friend. If he won't listen, take one or two others along with you that they can beat that fool up so that the presence, it doesn't say that, so that the presence of witnesses will keep things honest and try again. If he still won't listen, tell the church so Pastor Kerry can preach about him and embarrass him from the pulpit. And if he won't listen to the church, I love this part. You'll have to start over from scratch. Confront him with the need for, what's that word? Repentance. And offer again God's forgiving love. What a powerful passage. This really does practically unpack for you and me how we're to deal with the awkward conversations. The challenging relationships that we're in. It unpacks three simple steps and today I want to talk about two of them. Somebody say confront or throw up. (laughs) I'll explain what that means. Confront or throw up. What's the first portion of this passage say? It says confront. If a fellow believer hurts you, go and tell him. Or her. Work it out between the two of you. And if he listens, you've made a friend. Why is it that when somebody hurts us, we are so apt and so quick to run to anybody else so that we can talk to them about what that person did or said to us? And listen, don't act like I'm not talking to you, okay? This isn't for the first service. This is for you and for me. Are y'all tracking with me right now? It's so easy for us to be upset with what a teacher did or did not do for our child. And we'll go find another parent who is also frustrated and we'll talk about it and run our mouths about it. Or when you're at work and that boss doesn't or that employee doesn't, it's easy to find that other coworker and go and run our mouth and talk about why we're so frustrated with that individual. Have you ever noticed there's always going to be someone in your world that's willing to listen to gossip? Always will. There will always be. And let me just challenge you with this. If you find that person that's always willing to listen to you gripe and complain, you need to know two things. That is not good company to keep. And number two, they are also going to talk about you. Because that is a standard in their life. And can I just share with you for a moment that if you find yourself in multiple conversations with that individual, it may or may not have also become a standard in your life. And it's not even biblical. He said, go to him immediately. Confront, confront, just go straight to him and say, hey, man, listen, this is a problem. This is what's going on. And I I think that most or too many problems happen in our life when we involve people who have no business being in our business. Somebody say (laughs) business. That's just awkward. Who have no business being in our business. This is what stirs up all kinds of crisis and chaos in our life. And we do it too often, and I think that the scripture, I think Jesus is really painting a picture for you and me. That if somebody hurts us, and the key word there is hurts us. Not just offends, or not just frustrates, but hurts us. See, some of us feel like we've got a PhD in confrontation. Like we're really good at it. We know exactly when somebody wrongs me, I'm going straight to the source and I'm going to blow their face up and let them know exactly what they did wrong and why it's wrong. And some of you in this room need to stop taking yourself so seriously. Some of you need to be a little bit more patient in the process just because someone doesn't text you back or invite you to the party or you get on social media and you see something that you weren't invited to or you weren't asked to be a part of and then all of a sudden you're upset or angry about it. I'm just going to go tell them exactly what's up. Well, maybe you might need to pump the brakes a little bit. And hey, let me also tell us, none of us in this room are called to be judge, jury, and executioner. See, a lot of times, long-term Christians, we see somebody that's a little bit off track and we feel like it's our job to run to that person and tell them what the Scripture says and how wrong their sin is so they can get right or get left, turn or burn, sucker. And that isn't our job. Well, wait, Pastor you're telling me to confront. Wait, hold on. We always have to take Scripture and compare it with other Scripture. Listen to what Colossians chapter 3, verse 12 says. So, it's talking to you and I, chosen by God... For this new life of love, dress in the wardrobe God picked out for you. What a cool way to phrase that. Dress in the wardrobe God picked out for you. Listen to this. Here's the wardrobe. Compassion. Kindness. Humility. Look at this next one. Quiet strength. Which means don't say Anything. And then discipline. This is be even tempered, content with the second place, quick to forgive an offense. Listen, forgive as quickly and as completely as the master has forgiven you. And regardless of what else you put on, wear love. It's your basic all purpose garment. Never be without it. It's saying that our first response should be compassion and patience. Not I'm going to tell them what they did and why it's wrong and let them know what's going on. Jesus is complimenting his very phrase of when someone hurts you, go to him. He's also saying, but be patient. Because sometimes it's not a hurt. Sometimes you're just mad. Sometimes it's just your pride or my pride in the way. And we need to be able to filter through this. Is this just me or is this really a hurt? Is this just my frustration or did they really hurt me? Did it really cut to the core? I can remember what I was wearing and where I was standing. And where I was going when you said that. Keeps me up at night trying to shake it, but I can't. I think we need to run through the filter of these these kind of questions. If, if we're going to go and confront, I think this is important because I think we want the same response from others. Here's some filters to run that frustration or that emotion through. If I can't, shake it off. I just can't seem to shake it off. I'm trying, but I can't. Do you know that uh well, There was a season in my life when I lived in Dallas and I was at a church and someone who I loved so deeply and I honored and I respected an older man in the faith and I can remember where I was standing in a hallway and what I was wearing to this day. I have the picture in my mind when he said some words that cut me to the core and actually I felt in that day like something, someone took a chisel to my purpose and broke a portion off. That's how much it hurt. For about three months, I couldn't shake it. I knew I need to go talk to him. I was scared, but I just couldn't, I could remember, and I know you can relate. You can remember when you found out that somebody did something that you know they weren't supposed to do. And that is different than just being upset. That's a hurt. So if I can't shake it off, if this is a relationship that I want to invest in and I want to be invested into by this, that's another reason to go and confront. Or if I'm having imaginary conversations with this individual and don't act like you don't know what I'm talking about driving. No, well, well, you said this. Well, I, let me tell you, and you've got it all mapped out like it's a movie. Yeah, line after line. You know they're going to say this, and I'm going to say this, dropping bombs, let the mic go, and walk off. Right? If you're having imaginary conversations with somebody, obviously they matter to you. And it may be just time to have an awkward conversation. Or maybe you're on the flip side and you are avoiding them. You see them in church and you put your head down and try to act like you're helping your kids. They're not even your kids, but you're just kind of walking with them. <laughs> because you, don't even want, you want to make sure that you don't make eye contact because then you're going to have to say something. But you can still remember what they did or didn't do. Are you all tracking with me? It's probably time to confront. It's probably time to confront, but just confront him or her. Don't run to somebody else and tell them what they did. And don't, listen, long-term Christian, don't put it under the guise of I just need prayer. That's called gossip. Shut your mouth. Are y'all tracking? So what do I do if, if nothing changes or I don't know how to handle it? I'm so glad you asked. What do I do? Well, the Bible talks about it. It continues on in that passage, Matthew 18. Jesus is unpacking this. So the first step is to confront. Well, listen to what he says after that. If he or she won't listen, take one or two others along that are big and can beat them up so that the presence of witnesses will keep things honest and try again. If he or she still won't listen, tell the church. And if you won't listen to the church, listen, I love this. You'll have to start over from scratch. Confront him with the need for repentance and offer again God's forgiving love. So there are three steps in this passage of scripture. Step one, gotta, I want to sing right now, but I'm going to hold it in. I wanna, I, I, it's, I'm a, should I sing or not sing? I'm conflicted right now. Step one is confront. The step, first step is confront. The second step is to get some people, and go to that person together. Now let me just hit break and, and hit the brakes and push time out real quickly. This is a very specific scenario. This isn't. They didn't text me back. We'll get all your friends, your posse, your entourage to run up and say, "Why didn't you text them back?" Okay, that's not what this is about. Are right, y'all tracking with me? This this second step is like we're talking. You have a brother. Who is. Addicted to drugs in such a terrible way that he's stealing from family members and running in the wrong direction and headed for jail or worse. And you've talked and you talked and you talked and you prayed and you prayed and you prayed. That's a scenario where you get your family. You do an intervention. Hey, not to just get all of our people. Listen, this whole the the, the essence of this passage, look at me in the eyes. The essence of this passage is love. So you don't get people who are also ticked that don't want God's best. You get people to say, no, I believe in that individual. And we're going to rally not to show them what's up, but to show them how to take the next step. Are you tracking with me? But I just want to pause for a moment and just say, I would encourage you. I mean, that's very rare instances. I want to encourage you to just skip to step three. Skip to step three. Step one is confront. Skip to step three. And step three is to throw up. Somebody say throw up. This isn't like who throw up. It's like throw up. Talk to somebody who's a spiritual leader, a pastor, a coach, a connect group leader, a team captain for the dream team. Somebody who may just be a little bit further down the road or it doesn't even matter. But somebody who's in a position of spiritual leadership in your life. It says go to the church. So at the Movement Church, we have eight pastors who pray for you weekly. Those of you that we know, we pray for you by name. Those of you that are visiting, we've been praying for you for months. We just don't know your name yet. And we pray that God would bless you and keep you and make his face to shine upon you. We pray for favor and for promotion. That God would heal you in sickness and restore broken marriages. This is what we do. And that's what the pastoral leadership is here for. And I want to encourage you, if you hit an impasse and you've confronted and you don't know what to do next, throw up. Find a pastor. Find a connect group leader. This is why I'm telling you, if you're not in a connect group, you are missing out. Look at me in the eyes. Life change always happens within the contents, the context of relationships. Right now, there are, there are connect groups going on all around this region every week. You can come to mine on Wednesday if you need a place. You need to find a connect group because you need some people in your life to rally around you. And you need people for when you don't know what to do that you can throw up to. That's what you need. People you can throw up to. Here's some filters and how do I know if I should throw up. Well, if I don't know what to say or do. If I don't know what to say or what to do, throw up. If I'm hurt beyond measure, when I, when I had that moment in my life, of that leader in my life in Dallas, I was so broken. I wish I could say I was stronger, but I was working hard for this individual, and I didn't know what to do. I was broken, and I was angry, and I was crumbling. And I went to a pastor, another coach in my life, I said, what do I do? And they helped me walk through that process. You're hurt beyond measure. I feel like so many of us in this room, the vows that we say at the altar of our wedding day seem to be the things that are so frail as we get further away from that. And if those have been broken, and you don't know what to say and you're hurt, you need to throw up to a pastor, not a peer, not a friend. Find a pastor or a leader in your life. Say, hey, can you help me? Man, I'm just kind of broken. If you're here again, we've been around this mountain a few times now. We've had these conversations a few times now. I just don't know, I don't know what to do. And it's amazing that this the idea of throwing up, just kind of like this, throwing up. And it's the idea of, I'm just looking for somebody who's got some leadership in my life that can speak inside. Can I tell you, if you come to one of our pastors, do you know what they're not going to do? They're not going to sit down, cross their legs, and look at you and drop bombs of wisdom in your face. They're going to say, you know what? Greater is he that is in you than he that is in this world. Let's take some time and connect with the guy who created us. God, would you come right now into this environment? Holy Spirit, give us wisdom. God, you love that individual like you love the two of us that are sitting here today. Would you help us know how to navigate through this? Because we don't have it in us, but you do. What a great place to start. And to have somebody else in your world that can say, man, I'm in this journey with you. You are not alone. Is a great place to be. Throw up. Can I just tell you last week Megan talked about the power of forgiveness. And she talked about how we're to handle that on the inside. And how we're to navigate through that on our job. Our responsibility. But guys there are some relationships. Guys and gals. There are some relationships that you might be in that are not healthy relationships. And so some of you in this room need to remove those people's access in your life. If you're in an unhealthy relationship, you need to remove their access. If you ever download a new app on your phone, now more often than not, they sync to your phone through either Facebook or Google. Would you like to log in using Facebook? And you hit yes, because I don't have to type my information in. And then it says, may I open Facebook? And you hit yes. And it says, this app would like to have access to your Facebook. Yes or no. And too many of us in this room have been allowing people in unhealthy relationships to have access to our life. To the way that we think, the way that we process, the way we perceive, the way that we speak. And it's affecting us in a horrible way. And we need to hit no. No more access. You don't have the rights anymore. I've confronted, I've dealt with this, I've prayed, but things are not changing. Some of you, you're going to get mad when I say this, but some of you need to not go and spend Thanksgiving with your family this year. You need to give it a break and go where you're celebrated and not just tolerated. Because every time you leave, it's like, oh, arguments about this and that. Some of you might need to change your occupation because an employee or an employer is there's bringing so much persecution, there's so much challenge, you just might need to make a change. That's scary. You're right, it might be scary. But listen, I'm not trying to speak prophetically here. I'm just saying, you remove their access to your life. Now look at me, this becomes challenging and tricky when it's in a covenant relationship. There are two forms of covenant relationships. I don't know why I did that. Rock on, it's good. You saw it covenant relationship with Jesus and he will never let us down or leave us or forsake us. The other covenant relationship is in a marriage. And even if that's unhealthy, you don't know what to do, you need to throw up. You need to throw up. If you're not safe, let's make some adjustments. But before you make a change, just throw up. Listen, I know this sounds crazy, but is this not real life? Do we not deal with the struggles and the challenges of relationships on a daily basis? Some of you in this room need to remove the access that they have in your life. You tracking? All right. Let's switch gears for a moment. When confronting, what do we do? How do we handle this? How do we handle this when we're confronting? Well, I'm here to tell you that when confronting, you always have two buckets. You've got a bucket of water and you've got a bucket of gas. In every environment that you're in, in every scenario, when you are confronting or when you are being confronted, you have a bucket of water and you have a bucket of gas. Today we're going to start with talking about the bucket of gas. Listen to what the scripture says in James 3 verses 5 through 6 about how you and I actually interact with other people. It says this, it only takes a spark, remember, to set off a forest fire. Listen to this, a careless or wrongly placed word out of your mouth can do just that. By our speech, we can ruin the world. Turn harmony into chaos. Throw mud on a reputation. Send the whole world up in smoke and go up in smoke with it. Smoke right from the pit of hell. Every scenario that we face, we can be frustrated and hurt and abused and neglected and upset. And we can throw gas right on that situation. And we turn a molehill into a mountain. And guess what? The power isn't on that other person. It's on you. The responsibility is on you and on me. We choose which bucket we bring into conflict. A bucket of gas or a bucket of water. Listen, a spark plus gas equals what? Fire. That's not a trick question. You're like, oh, I don't know. Should I say it out loud? I don't know what to do. This lighter right here, If I push this trigger with my thumb, it actually begins to release gas through the nozzle. And the moment I pull this trigger, a spark ignites. And that's what creates, hopefully this works, Jesus, (laughs) a flame. And you're thinking, isn't that cute? That's not that bad. It's not that dangerous. (laughs) Jesus just showed up in this place. Oh, can somebody feel the spirit with this hairspray can that I've got? And here's the thing about sparks and the way that we handle things, right? Every scenario that we face, we actually choose what we're going to throw on it. Every conflict, y'all getting nervous yet? You should be. I'm a pyrotechnic at heart, and that isn't right. I'm a pyrotechnic, what's that word I'm trying to say? Pyromania. Are y'all nervous yet? Right here, y'all should be the most nervous. You have hairspray in your hair? This is problematic. Lean back. Now, when we just simply like this, it's no big deal. But the problem is, most of the relationships that we're in, we get upset and we do this. Right? And then now, come on, somebody say amen right now. Woo! All the guys are like, I love this church. We're going to burn some stuff afterwards. It's going to be so much fun. We get into an argument and somebody says something hateful or hurtful. And instead of responding correctly, we're like, oh, I'll show you what's up. Yeah, how you like them apples now? Can you feel it burn, baby? Burn! Right? And guess what? We create this mountain, Mount Vesuvius, that actually doesn't calm down. Because when you throw fire and fuel, what does everybody else do? They throw fire. It's a defense mechanism. We've been doing it for years. You're going to burn me. I'm going to burn you, sucker. Let me show you what's up. How many of you feel just so good right now? Oh, it's every scenario we choose whether we throw. Gas on it or water. And a tiny little spark and some gas becomes destructive. Consuming gas isn't fun either. In fact, it's disastrous. Listen to these symptoms. It sounds like some of your marriages. Throat pain or burning. Abdominal pain, vision loss, vomiting with or without blood, bloody stools, dizziness, severe headaches, extreme fatigue. How many of you just tired in the relate? Don't raise your hand. Extreme fatigue, convulsion, body weakness, and loss of consciousness. I mean, this is not good. But I think about this, and I think about that term vision loss, and I think. Some of us have been throwing fuel on the fire for so long that we've actually lost sight of the person that we loved in the first place. We've forgotten the potential that's on the inside because we're more concerned about proving that we're right or proving that I'm not wrong than I am about bringing health into this environment. Consuming gas is disastrous and gas can also be a silent killer. You know, <laughs> silent but violent, right? Come on, <laughs> I didn't even write that in there. That was just somebody. Yeah, this past summer we were at a youth camp, and a few of us of our, our churches uh, under the the umbrella of ARC, we get together for summer camps to just man let God do what He wants to do in people's lives. And so we were staying up in a cabin. I say we uh, Pastor Jeremy came up there to hang out and. After the service was over and, you know, camp food's horrible. So we got a frozen pizza, which is so much better. That's bad. Yeah. And uh, so we, you know, we lit the oven or we turned the oven on and we, you know, get through the pizza in. 15, 20 minutes goes by and we're just talking. We're like, man, I just feel so good right now. It's like, yeah, I feel good too. man. God just must be right here in this place, man. I just feel good. He's like, I feel good. We both feel so good. And all of a sudden, the alarm goes off. Warning, warning, carbon monoxide poisoning at one level of 130 BP, whatever it's called. Like these alarms going off and like the fire and rescue show up. That's not true. But the alarms were going off because the pilot light never lit in the oven and it was just seeping gas out And Jeremy and I were having a great time, but we were slowly dying. (laughs) Dying. We could just see the headlines. Youth pastor and pastor die at a youth camp. No one's ever coming back. Gas was slowly leaking into the room. And you might think that your words and your actions aren't doing any damage. You just can't see the effects yet. You just can't see the effects. Passive, aggressive, aggressive tension and just throwing little words in here or saying something that you know has nothing to do with the argument but just kind of cuts a little deep. And we're throwing fuel. Our relationships are falling apart. Throwing fuel. But remember, when confronting, or listen, I know the, this is mostly for the first service, but you guys are perfect, but, but also when being confronted, right? First service people, not you, right? When we're confronting or when we're being confronted, we also have a bucket of water. Listen to what this scripture says water is like. I love this. Proverbs 16, 24. It says this. Gracious words are like a honeycomb. Sweetness to the soul and health to the body. And I know like you, you're thinking of the great cereal honeycombs. Which are like sweetness to the soul. Can I get an amen somebody? That's what water in an environment of tension and conflict And this. I only have about up to here. I'm going to bring it out here and show you guys. I want to cool you. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Water in an environment of tension and conflict can bring life. Listen, water brings things to life. When someone screams something at you, you have an opportunity. And they're like, you should have done that. And you could pick up a bucket of gas. Or you could say... I didn't realize I was doing that. I'm sorry. You know, I thought I, I thought I was communicating something different. I didn't even realize it. My bad. You know what? I've got a lot of work to do. It brings life. Once a year in our movement kids little and middle, we do this little craft and we give them a little styrofoam cup. I don't know why I'm talking like this. We put some soil in it. And we give them a lima bean or sunflower. just depends. Lima beans, and there's no other reason on God's green earth to have it except for this illustration, because they are from the pit of hell. If you don't know what a lima bean is, you are blessed and highly favored. Amen. We do this little cup of styrofoam and put some soil in it and, and drop the bean in there and just cover it up. And then if we just put that on the windowsill, the kids will do this, and they'll wait, but nothing will happen until what? We put water in it. Do you realize that a seed dies before it takes root? Water brings life. Some of you in this room are in the midst of the most difficult relationship you've ever been in. And it's because you've been throwing gas on problems. And it's time to start throwing water. You say it's hopeless. I haven't talked to my mom and. 10 years. My marriage is over. I'm just waiting. I've already talked to the lawyer. It's time to throw some water on it and see what God can do. Water brings life. Water brings life. And water causes things to grow. It causes things to grow. You know, I love this passage of Scripture in Proverbs 25, verse 11 through 15. You don't have it on the screens, but listen to this. It says, the right word at the right time is like a custom-made piece of jewelry. And a wise friend's timely reprimand is like a gold ring slipped on your finger. Reliable friends who do what they say are like cool drinks in sweltering heat. Refreshing. Listen to this like billowing clouds that bring no rain, is the person who talks big but never produces. Patient persistence pierces through indifference. And gentle speech breaks down rigid defenses. A life-giving confrontation are the essence to healthy growth. The greatest way to learn is through our mistakes but not just by making them, but by having people in our world who come by alongside that see potential in us and say, let me help you grow. You know, I, I, um, the, my, my biggest weakness and problem in my life is my personality. I'm brash. I'm very opinionated. I'm right, consequently, but I'm very opinionated and very vocal. Why was that laughter? I don't even understand what's so funny about this. Yeah, that guy knows me. That's awesome. I'm opinionated. I'm, I'm big. I'm dramatic. I know you have no clue what I'm talking about, but it's just, that's just the way I've always been. And, and you know what? To top all that off, I'm really not easy to have as an employee because I'm driven and I like to do things my way. It's a problem, guys. I know it. Would y'all pray for me? I need some help. And my whole life, listen to me, I'm gonna be transparent. My whole life, everywhere I worked, Every boss I ever had, every pastor I ever had just kind of let me go and do what I needed to do and just kind of avoided me or some in toxic ways would just break me down because they didn't know how to handle me. And I'm I'm admitting fully it was me, irresponsible, immature. Aren't you glad I'm your pastor? (laughs) Until, Until I moved to Phoenix and a guy named David Wright said, I see potential in you. He'd bring me in his office and say, Shut up. Stop doing that. You're better than this. But with water. Carrie, there's more inside of you. There's bigger purpose in you. That's not acceptable. You can be a better husband. I'm, I'm grateful for your personality, Carrie, but there's more than a personality being a pastor. Slow down. Speed up. Go left, go right. But all while throwing buckets of water. And in four and a half years, he pulled my wife and I alongside and taught us and loved us and pastored us. And it was the greatest season of growth. And little did we know it was preparation for moving to California and starting a church. And that comes through confrontation and awkward conversations. Conversations. And what you don't know is that on the other side of that conversation, when you throw a bucket of water, you don't know what God's doing on the other side. You don't know where God's taking people. And he might have people in your life that drive you crazy. I called Pastor Dave a year after we launched this to be honest. Did I drive you crazy? And he just laughed. That was it. He didn't answer. He didn't have to. They might drive you crazy, look me in the eyes, but what if God brought you into their life because nobody else has ever been a water thrower? And you are there to help bring growth. What if the people who are confronting you for poor behavior are not there just because they hate you, but God is using them to help you grow? Water makes things grow. And without water, we die. You can go a while without food, but you don't make it very long without water. Without water, we die. I wonder how many of you in this room feel like the relationship is over. There's no more hope. Too far. Too much. Too fast, too slow. I'm here to tell you, the scripture says that Jesus is the living water. And a relationship with him changes everything. Everything. You see, Jesus, man, he he had this ability to come on the scene and in everything that he faced he always chose the bucket of water he 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 was up against all kinds of problems he had haters in his world like crazy and you know what they say about haters they're gonna hate 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 those players are gonna play 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 <laughs> taylor swift sorry and he had these haters in his life. And, and here's the funny thing about haters is everywhere Jesus went, there was a following. They would just show up on the scene. No emails, no news report, no Twitter, no Facebook, no Instagram. They just heard somehow he was coming and they would show up. And they were followers that loved Jesus. But everywhere he went, he had haters there too. They were following him too. Why? Because people are attracted to life-giving water. They were attracted to life-giving water. Even if they're only full of gas that destroys. These haters were constantly trying to pick him apart. In fact, they were actually trying to kill him and eventually would. There's a title for them called the Pharisees and Sadducees. And these men where the, they loved the law, and if, if God said, don't touch this, they would build an electrical fence around this, saying, okay, now don't touch the electrical fence, and then a moat around the electrical fence, and then a wall around the moat, saying, well, if we can't touch that, then well, we shouldn't touch this wall. And they lost the essence of what God was trying to do, so they're always trying to corner Jesus. And all these laws are like, okay, Jesus, which of the laws are the greatest? We talked about this week, one, want to shake it off. Hoping that if he said this, it would, it would rile up this portion of the crowd. If he said that, this portion of the crowd. And then, then it could turn the people against Jesus. And Jesus knew what was going down. And he said, the greatest law is to love God with everything you have. And love your neighbor as yourself. Whew. They had nothing to say about it. it. Diffused the entire situation. And the crowds grew. And guess who came in those crowds? The blind, the deaf, and the lame. Everywhere Jesus went, the blind would see. The deaf would hear, and the lame would walk. Look at me in the eyes. I wonder who in your life just needs some water, and there's a miracle on the other side for them. Just is waiting for somebody to throw some water, and there's a miracle waiting for them. Jesus had haters everywhere. Everywhere he went, he knew how to deal with those that were sick. And my favorite part about Jesus is he knew exactly how to handle sinners. And I think for so many of us, if we've been in in, in the faith long enough or followers of Christ, we forget just how jacked up we are too. Jesus was talking at one point and these same religious leaders came up before him and they threw a naked woman at his feet. It says, she's been caught in adultery. And the law says we're to stone her. They wanted to see how Jesus would respond. The scripture says that Jesus said nothing. But he bent down and he began to write in the sand. Nobody knows what he wrote. Some believe he wrote the names of sin. Some believe he wrote the names of mistresses of the men that were surrounding. It doesn't really matter. He stood up and he said, you that are without sin, throw the first stone. The Bible says that one by one, from the oldest to the youngest, they dropped the rocks and they left. And I love that the story doesn't end here because this is where Jesus actually threw water that gave life because he turned to the woman he put a cloak around her grabbed her hand stood her up and he said now go and sin no more he didn't say you are jacked up man you see this is the fifth time the sixth time he just said go and sin no more he brought water to a situation that I think I might have done it wrong and pouring gas in the situation. I wonder what relationships in your life are just hungry for and desperate for some life-giving water. I wonder what relationships might change and shift and become great again if you and I will just choose to pour water hey listen there's some of us in this room today who are wavering in how we feel about this God thing in fact maybe even feel like there's a gap between us I come to church I try to make this thing right and I I try to connect but I just never seem to to really there's just always a gap between me and God can't ever seem to connect the Bible talks about that gap in fact the, the Bible calls that gap a sin gap And says that everyone in this room has sin in our life. And that there's a consequence and a payment for sin. It's death and an eternity in hell. But the Bible offers a radical solution, a free gift, which is Jesus Christ. He died on the cross, paying the ransom and the payment for our sin. He helps us walk through and navigate the challenges in our relationships and learn how to pour water instead of gas. And it all begins by saying yes to him. If you're here today and you've never made that decision in a moment, I'm going to pray a prayer right where you're seated. You're not going to be embarrassed. You're not going to get out of your seat. But right where you're seated, I want to challenge you to pray that prayer with me in your own heart. And some of you in this room have been running from God, and today is the day to come running back. And as we pray this prayer, would you just mean it from the depths of your heart? Would you bow your heads and close your eyes? Nobody looking around. Nobody moving. We're almost finished. If you're here and you've never prayed this prayer. Or you're ready to come running back to Jesus. Just in your own heart. Would you just repeat after me. Just say dear God. I know that you're real. I know that you love me. That you've given me purpose. And that I have sin in my life. Would you forgive me? Thank you for sending Jesus. To pay the ransom for my sin." And everybody in this room. In your own heart. Just say this phrase. Jesus. I give you my life. In Jesus' name, I pray. If you prayed that prayer with us today, we are so excited to be a part of this journey with you. Would you email us at info at And if you're not in the area, we would love to help you find another life-giving church near you. Send us an email at info at and we'll get back to you shortly. Thank you again for listening to another inspiring message from the Movement Church.